Hey, I'm Erin Bridgman, a money mindset and management coach for the creative entrepreneur. I'm the girl behind the Wealthy Woman Movement that's reaching thousands and expanding each and every month. And I'm so glad you've decided to join this community too. Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast for creative female entrepreneurs looking to get strategic with their money. I believe that wealthy women will change the world. And in this podcast, we include money-related mindset and management tips and practical business advice you can apply right away. No fluff here. It's time to take action. Let me shoot it to you straight. Talking about money is like talking about sex. It's vulnerable and uncomfortable, but so necessary. And that's why I've created a judgment-free zone where women like you can trade the shame and money skeletons in your closet with empowerment and confidence that helps you master your money. I'm both the creative and the nerd, the no bullshit friend and your hype girl. And I'm excited to be your guide on your money journey. All your dreams are tied to money. So it's time to get that money working for you so you can make your dreams a reality together. Your business should be the catalyst to living your dream life. So don't let your money be the obstacle. Grab your notebook and your favorite drink and let's dive in. Hello, wealthy women, and welcome back to the show. Give me a child until it's seven and I will show you the man. This is a common belief and thought that comes out of the Jesuit tradition. And I think it's super critical as we start into our conversation today around childhood and money, and specifically about as women, how we were conditioned in our childhood and some really important ways that we can start to pivot that thinking. I've known and have been aware of the fact that subconscious beliefs are formed for us in childhood. (laughs) And as a mother now of two girls, and as I've been kind of diving into this a little bit more and the science of it and, and the beliefs around it, I'm like, wow, these years where Junie and Ava are so young are actually so, so critical. Dr. Bruce Lipton states that we are being programmed for our first seven years and that 95% of the results in our life come from that programming. When we're young, we are you know, born into this world pretty much as a blank slate. And then we observe around us the behaviors of society, the behaviors of nature, the behaviors of our parents, key people. And from that, we create subconscious beliefs and subconscious wirings. And the crazy thing is that if we look at our life now, most of the things, most of the decisions we make, most of our days are really designed out of the the subconscious brain. You no longer have to get into a car and do every little motion, every little movement and really think through those things. It's just kind of a subconscious thing. You've been trained, you know how to do it, you know how to drive a car, and you do it. And there are so many practices and behaviors in our daily life that we really just do on autopilot. It's not like you have to think really hard about putting toothpaste on your toothbrush and brushing your teeth. Now, I know these examples might seem like, yeah, for sure, Anne, I get it. But so often, This is the same way that we are living life that's actually kind of critical, like our habits and behavior and thoughts around money. And so remembering how important childhood is and how much that impacts our relationship with money 
I want to dive into some other thoughts and, and, and just chat with me. And I hope that as we have this conversation, you can think about your own childhood and your own beliefs. And so hopefully as we dive more into this conversation around childhood and money, some aha moments will happen for you. Some light bulbs will go off. Some dots will be connected and we can unlock some new abundance and new behavior around money. So that is really interesting as I was thinking about this conversation that I wanted to have. Uh, and I actually am in the midst of doing this deep dive into my messaging and redoing my website. And I got to meet with a gal in my peer mastermind. And we were talking about the different generations and how different generations have different beliefs. We're just kind of nerding out. We're both nerds and love it. And so she showed me this generational chart, which you can totally just Google like generational chart. Um, this was published in 2019. hasn't been updated since then. But it got me thinking, and I was like zooming in, of course, to sort of the money stuff. And it is, and, I, and then I just kind of have been going down this little research hole preparing for this episode. And it's so interesting because it is so true that there has been different things that have happened within history that have made significant changes around money. And that really impacts us and how we were raised. For example, okay, so like technology. I'm a millennial. I, I believe most of my listeners are millennials. Maybe we've got some Gen Z up in here, maybe a few Gen X. But for us, as millennials, technology is like a pretty, we, we're pretty used to it. I mean, the internet might have not been around right away. Um, but we, we've at least been able to really adapt into technology. So this means things like doing online banking, using apps, like that is very common for us and for Gen Zers. For the parent, gen for the, our generations that raised us, like our parents, grandparents, and, and sort of that it's, you know, money is safe in the bank. Like they prefer, like, can we trust Venmo and these different things? Not that technology is like the big thing we're going to dive into around your own uh, limitations and beliefs around money and how that was inherited from your parents. But I just sort of see these different like mile markers and different areas that the different generations are interacting with money in very different ways. For example, like debt. Debt is something that I think has massively changed over the generations. And if we think about millennials, we had to start to begin to take on a lot more debt because of higher education, because of economic shifts. And so you start to see that really millennials, Gen Z are very comfortable with debt. They have a lifestyle around debt. And then Gen Z, like they plan to have like lifelong debt. Whereas previous generations maybe used debt a little bit, but wasn't going to be a long-term thing for them. And even many perhaps didn't even have a, a strong long-term relationship with debt at all. And of course, as I work with many women, debt is a very common thing that we work through. And I like to say that. And actually I was, I was, maybe I'll do a full episode around debt 
and I'm not an expert on debt, but I was just being interviewed a few weeks ago and we got into this idea of debt and how do we interact with debt and is there good debt and bad debt? And I just said on the episode before we got deeper into the conversation, I just said, I want for those who are listening to know this, that you're not alone. And I want you to hear that as well, that as I work and I get to, you know, pull back the curtain, open the hood, like see right in there with people and their money, incredibly successful, high achieving women making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year have debt, personal debt, business debt that is crippling them. And so I don't want you to feel like as a listener to the show that you might find yourself in that situation and feeling really crippled. And it's not just, you know, a you thing. This is like a very much a generational thing. And it's something that previous generations might have had different behavior around different beliefs around, which impacts our thoughts and beliefs around our own behavior with that. So I'm just pulling out a couple things. Work ethic is something that has definitely changed over the years. Um, I think previous generations, you know, you work hard, you respect authority, you put in your hours. And as the years have gone on and the generations have gone on, we have become a much more entrepreneurial society. We, we value work-life balance. We value flexibility. So what we've been taught from maybe our parents and previous generations around work and how to make money and what we believe now, there's, there could be quite a difference. You know, I was raised by somebody who was Gen X and somebody who is more of a baby boomer. And so I can see some of these trends in how they were raised versus how different I was raised. And part of that too is my grandpa actually just passed. He had a long, beautiful life and we got to celebrate him and his beautiful life that he lived for 88 years. And one of the things that was said about him was how he was a blue collar worker and how proud my dad was of, the, of my grandpa in that. He, he worked in the steel factories and you kind of could feel the room be like really proud of that as well. And my dad was sort of the first white collar worker in his family. My grandma was actually Canadian, never got American citizenship, never worked. And so even more specifically than generational beliefs and generational patterns, you know, you get into your particular family of origin and you start to see where certain beliefs come from. So just from a broader perspective, I thought it's very interesting to think about generationally how we're so different. Even like I can't wait for the day when we're doing a home and like we find money like in the drywall or in the, in between the like wooden floors. Right. Because that's, that's literally people we, we hear it from like the grandparents or whatever, you know, you put money in the freezer, you were cautious, you saved, you used cash. How many of us actually really use cash? I mean, that's almost a foreign concept for us. And this is so interesting. I just think it's so interesting. So from a high level, like generationally, we certainly see lots of different changes around even retirement, what retirement should look like. Pension used to be a thing. And by the way, retirement in general as a concept is pretty new. Obviously, we're, we're looking at like, I'm thinking about like traditionalists, baby boomers, Gen X, but like, if you go back a larger span of history, I mean, you worked until you died. 
So anyways, all these different patterns with different generations are going to impact their beliefs and their behaviors. And we know that most of our subconscious is developed in childhood, thus previous generations and their views and actions around money really impact us. And I want to go even further and even more specifically and speak about women in particular. And I'm referencing this book that I'm currently reading, Think Like a Breadwinner. And inside of this book, they reference lots of different surveys, lots of different research. And I just want to pull to the front in this conversation, the contrast of how women are raised, girls are raised versus how boys are raised. And one of the overarching thoughts is about how girls are taught to budget and boys are taught to invest. But I'm honestly just going to pull some of these things into this conversation from this book. Highly recommend this book. I love it. And I think it's just very eye-opening. So tons of surveys find that parents are more likely to teach their sons core breadwinning skills, like how to build credit and to invest their money. Meanwhile, girls are more likely to be taught how to track their spending and budget giftcards.com survey showed that girls are paid less and are taught that they need to save in budget while boys are paid more and taught about investing in credit scores. This was told to Fast Company back in 2019. And they say specifically boys in high school and elementary school receive $20 more on Christmas, $3 more from completing chores and $1 more for allowance. Literally, this is just based on gender. So crazy, right? At the heart of this is the fact that even today, many parents are still holding on to two deep-rooted beliefs, that their sons will become the main providers for their families and that their daughters will get married. It is still, we are still being raised with this belief that while we might be financial contributors to the home, we're not going to be the ones maybe making the most money in the household, even though statistically that's changing now, and we're not being taught how to invest. My mom actually was the budgeter in the home, and that's actually not necessarily unusual. So again, women are programmed to budget and men are programmed to invest. And men are given more money even as children for the same tasks as women. And I think many of this is done not with like an intentionality, our own parents' subconscious beliefs that they're living out. I think it's so interesting as you look at different publications, look at the media and some overarching things. Like there was a study that looked at 300 money related articles and 90% of those money articles that were aimed at women suggested spending less while the majority of those aimed at men focused on investing and building wealth. So basically women are told to cut back and men are told how to create real wealth. So from the beginning, we are trained as children to have unconscious gender bias. This was done in an interview Gina Davis told The Guardian in the 2016 interview. Even in children's kids' movies, there are fewer female characters, and the female characters that there are are very often valued for their looks, and they don't have the same kind of aspirations and goals and dreams as the male characters. She also talks about in this book how movies and TV and media actually subconsciously or consciously overtly show these types of behaviors. Research found that 81% of jobs depicted in family shows are held by men. And even when women are portrayed as having a career, they typically have a low level support job. 
So all of these stats, all of these different things based on what the media is showing us, how parents raise us, it's clear why there is a wealth gap for women, a wealth gap, not just a gender wage gap, but a wealth gap. Yes, I said wealth gap. And I love that this book, Think Like a Breadwinner, really emphasizes that we're not just up against a gender wage gap, but we're also up against a wealth gap. And statistics show it. Women are much more likely to hold their assets in cash versus in investments. And it, there becomes a point where savings is detrimental because you need to have your money making more money, not just sitting in a bank account. Women are less likely to, to invest. They're more intimidated. They're less likely to have the money to invest. There's tons of different stats around this. And many of this comes from how we were raised and the impressions we were given from our childhood around our purpose in society, around our access to money, around our behavior with money. You know, in my own story, I was reflecting and I have been given so many gifts, I believe, with seeing so so much from my parents. It was a very equal relationship in the fact of how money was managed. I saw my mom do a lot more of the management of the balancing of the checkbook, of going to the bank, of making these financial decisions. And that's such a gift for me to see my mom being the one who is the main manager of our family money. And <laughs> there are also lots of little things and big things that impacted me and impact each one of us as we think about our own stories. Like, I'm not kidding you. I was definitely taught with the Dave Ramsey method. No problem with that. We had envelopes with percentages that I kept in this little pink plastic box. And 5% of the money I made went to a dowry. A dowry. What? And there was a huge emphasis in my family around a husband needing to provide for me. And whether this came from a loving, beautiful place, which it did, it still created an unhealthy story for me and my own worth and my own ability to make and continue to make and invest money. So I hope that this conversation has just opened up some thoughts for you. Like I said, created some light bulb moments for you. This is work that I do inside of all my money work with my people, whether we're doing individual or the group program, we do a whole session, a whole sort of section of work in the journaling and then coaching around our childhood. And we break it down into like childhood, adolescence, adulthood. We really like uncover lots of different things. But here are two questions I want to leave you with that might be really helpful. One is to think about the areas in your life where you don't see success and to then drill into your subconscious programming and see why do you not have success there? Why are you sabotaging yourself there? In this interview I was looking at that was done by Dr. Bruce, he talked about how poor people stay poor and rich people stay rich. You can agree with that or not agree with that. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. There's probably lots of statistics to back that up. But a lot of that has to do with the subconscious programming that people have based upon their upbringing. And so a helpful way to just dive right into your subconscious is to figure out what are the things that are not in alignment? What are the things that are not successful for you and to you? And to see where that's coming from, build awareness around that and to start creating repetition that is different. 
one of the main ways you can change your subconscious is through repetition. It must be repetitive, whether it's repetitive behavior, whether it's repetitive affirmations and thoughts that we say to ourselves over and over and over again. That's the first thing I want you to do. You could literally journal about this. And then the next thing, just to kind of pull things out, is I want you to figure out what are five limiting beliefs that you were taught and how is that surfacing in your life? And what are five powerful, positive things you were taught about money and how is that impacting your life? Dig in a little bit because when we have awareness, we can begin to change things. Okay, I hope this was super helpful for you as you tune in today. Our childhood, our upbringing, our environment, our society are so impactful for us as women as we work to build wealth. Hop on over to me at Instagram and I would love to hear any of your thoughts and comments on these questions I've asked you. And when people come over to the Instagram, I'm super relational and I just love to offer some additional free coaching and just talk through it. So share with me one of the limiting beliefs and how it's surfacing in your life or positive beliefs or a way that you're recognizing you are having sabotage behavior and where you think it's coming from in your subconscious. Share it with me. So let's start a conversation in the DMs. And until then, cheers. Are you a creative entrepreneur looking for next level support when it comes to your money mindset and management? It's time to get on top of your numbers once and for all. Do you want to upgrade your lifestyle, make a bigger impact in the world, or gain more time back into your day? Your big dreams are all coming back to one thing, money. So I've developed a secret sauce money matrix formula to combine the power of an abundance mindset with money management tools specifically for creative entrepreneurs like you. Stop hiding from your numbers and start getting strategic. Head to www.aaronbridgman.com to learn everything you need to know about my coaching programs. It's time to completely transform and change the way you view and manage money so you can show up like the wealthy woman you are meant to be. Apply to work with me one-on-one at www.aaronbridgman.com.